Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. To quote the legendary U2, hello, hello, hola. We're at a place that's the state-of-the-art Illini Guys studios adjacent to the Illini Guys world headquarters. Uh, when you think of the building, think Justice League, but with more pizza. Larry <laughs> Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy uh, with the Sports Spectacular. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Are we ready to roll? Yes, here at the Hall of Justice, we are ready to roll. The Hall that's of right. Pizza. Hall of Pizza. Yeah, we don't have a transparent plane, though. Uh, Wonder Woman said, no, she's on a diet. She's not going to do that. That could help Mike get his pizza fix. Uh, as we build on the story that will go now to 2023, the story that figures to be one of the year's best, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills defensive back, released from a Cincinnati hospital earlier in the week and then allowed to leave a Buffalo hospital uh, on Wednesday to continue his recovery at home. The 24-year-old, from having his heart stop on a football field in Cincinnati, to being at home nine days later. Guys, what a great feel-good story and, and the prayers of millions being answered. That's awesome. I mean, you love to see this this success story. And, you know, it, it's just, it was so scary. I mean, you guys, you guys, we talked about that watching. That was just so scary to see that happen. And now you're looking at him getting to go home and, you know, you hope he can even continue his career and move on. And But, I mean, it's just such a, it's kind of a, such a great story that he's, uh, uh, that he's able to just get home and, and not be under the, you know, the worry of that he might pass away. I mean, it's just, I, I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, it's a great story. And, you know, there was, it was just horrific to watch that unfold in real time. Um, and now, you know, he's there and he can kind of cheer for the, for the bills. And um, he's also made a lot of plans because his charity has raised a lot more, uh, over $3 million, like the last time I read. And so he's spending some of his time thinking about how he can use that money to help kids. So, um, you know, a, a lot of kids will also benefit from this as well. So great story overall. Another really cool thing that DeMar Hamlin did, uh, you know, over the weekend when, again, he you know came to and began communicating. Did you see the shirts they have with the question that he first asked uh, doctors was, did we win? Well, their T-shirts saying, did we win with his hands forming a heart, selling those and the proceeds are going to go to uh, all the people there at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center that helped him uh, in those early moments. And so, I mean, this is a story that just it just keeps getting better and better. Um, and I love the way communities came together. You know, Cincinnati fans rallying for him, the city of Cincinnati lighting up in Buffalo Bills blue a couple of nights, uh, the skyline, that gorgeous sky, uh, skyline there right along the Ohio um, just such a good story. And, and we've got NFL playoffs coming up. So uh, football will go on with Damar Hamlin cheering. And of course, the Bills, uh, the great story as they continue on through the playoffs. We'll talk more about that a bit uh, later on here in the show. Uh, a little closer to home, another feel good story of, of a different kind. Bill Clinton was in the Oval Office. The Internet was still young and smartphones were still in the idea stage, if, if even that. That was the last time that Illinois women's basketball was ranked. But their incredible season continues number 24 in both the AP and coaches polls this week. Yeah, what a great story. Um, you know, obviously they they didn't get the win despite the big lead at Ohio's number three Ohio State. But what a I mean, what a fun season this has been for women's basketball. 
they're finally relevant. I mean, we're not talking about my goal for this season for for them would have been to be relevant, to be 500, right? That's a huge right. jump. Yeah. They're 14 and 3 and ranked in the top 25. Yeah. That's way above what anybody expected from them this season and it's very exciting to see what this program and you can see a lot the Atlanta fans are starting to like buy in start wait women's basketball we're actually good and so it's real a really a great thing and like you said it's been a while I mean Mike was only 70 then yeah exactly that was in my early 70s um you know the cool thing is is it's a fun team that likes each other so they spare you some of the melodrama you know you've got all you know, does this guy, does this gal like that gal? They they seem to really get along well and they play a brand of ball that's fun to watch. If if folks haven't had a chance to tune in and watch one of their games, Big Ten Plus has a lot of them. I would say go ahead and get that one month subscription and I think you will find yourself uh, falling in love with this team. You're right. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you can go to FidoAlani.com, click on sports, women's basketball schedule. And with that game, you can kind of click on a link and see how you can watch the game. If it's you know streaming or if it's you know on a regular uh, cable site, um, you know, they've got most of the week off to you mentioned to your point, Brad. I mean, three losses. One was down in Florida over Thanksgiving break to Delaware at a game that every time we talk to Shauna Green, she brings it up. That's how bad that game bothered her. One that they felt they should have had the other two at big 10 powerhouses, both in the top five, Indiana and Ohio state and had both on the ropes to your point. Yeah. You lose, you can handle losing, just give the efforts. And they're doing that in, in spades right now. Next game is, uh, is at Minnesota coming up here this weekend. Um, and it's fun to see this team work so hard and, and get rewarded uh, on the other end. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's um, it's fun. I'll, I'll actually be at the Minnesota game yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. So that'll be uh, that's a, a long drive, but I'm going to make it for the women's program. And it's going to be exciting. <laughs> like getting her dub. Two words for you, Brad. Fat Lorenzo's. I knew it. I knew it was coming. That is the I, I, I need to get up there just to go to Fat Lorenzo's. Amazing pizza. But again, remember, when you order the bread stick, don't put an S on it because it's about 18 inches long bread stick and it's very filling. I'll find a way to force it down. Mike. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> I, I did, Brad, and I ordered two. So then I had to prove to the waitress that I was not an idiot. So I ate both of them before the pizza well, got there. I'm not sure how you did that, Mike. Yeah, I, did, I don't know if I really proved it, but I did eat a lot that day. <laughs> Brad, you, you should know that that Mike's had this uh, this weekend with both the women's and men's Illinois teams on the calendar, both going to Minnesota the same weekend. He has been planning on making this trip forever, and his wife's the one that shot him down. Said, no, 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 you're not going to make – you make a lot of trips for Illini guys, but you need to stay home for this one. So Mike's wife saved him from more Fat Lorenzo's. Yes. She and, probably saved you like 5,000 calories. She, she, so she see, or I think her goal is to save me from a lot of things. that's what that's what wives do (laughs) is that is that that what we're calling shot me down saving me from stuff (laughs) exactly it's a nice way of saying it yeah absolutely so but again the women's team uh ranked 24th and we cannot be uh, more thrilled for you know those of you who listen to the show every week you know adalia mckenzie is the Illini gal. She comes on every week and is giving us insights to this program. And so we have had, because we're on the show, a front row seat to, um, you know, the frustration that everyone in the program, players, coaches, everybody else felt uh, at the end of last season, 
to see them come in and, and put in the work on the offseason and now to see that work paying off. Um, it's been rewarding. And it's, of course, we're, we're thrilled for the team, really thrilled for Adalia because of our relationship with her. And she'll join us again here uh, later on in the show. Hey, keep it here. The Illini men resurgent and looking to climb back among the elites in the Big Ten. We'll talk about that next on the Sports Spectacular. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. This Newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank. Uh, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, I want to get your opinion on this. How are the Illini playing right now? 1 being, oh no, we've regressed to John Gross levels. 10 being, we may be playing for the national championship in April. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're a 10, but they're closer to a 10 than they are a 1. Uh, I, I would put them in that 7-8 range. They, they're close. I mean, they're, they're playing some really good basketball. Um, they're doing things on both ends of the floor. I, I really like how they're developing. I, I do have some concern about, you know, and I guess that's just true of every top team. If you lose a key player, it's going to be tough to replace them. With the guys that have left, the guys that are hurt, they don't have a lot of depth, and they're pretty thin right now. That's probably my biggest concern. But they have guys that are, they have elite players. I mean, like they have some really really good players, and that helps you a lot in this game of college basketball. Having the best players is usually a good thing. Yeah, and I, I really think a 10 is Bo Derrick, so I'm not going to put him in Bo Derrick territory. But I would go, you know, seven or eight. I think that's probably fair. Um, I'm trying to think who that would be, you know. But anyway, let's just, Careful. Let's just Careful. go past that. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, here's what scares me about this team. Well, one thing that's exciting is we can see their ceiling is sky high. The and, and we also know that their floor can be a little lower than what we're used to with Kofi and Io. And the only thing that scares me is sometimes we see the floor at the darndest times. Mike, would you say the floor is maybe higher than you thought it was a couple weeks ago? Though I mean, I, I feel like they've they, they've risen that they've their floor is a little higher. I mean, I feel I, like I, I I I I agree with what you're saying in principle. But I'm looking for more consistency before I'm willing to say that. Talk to me in like three games where they start churning through opponents. And then I'll be like, yep, you're right. But I'm still well, a little hesitant. So you'll be saying I'm right because that's what happens. So that's okay. <laughs> Let's. Hey, look, as an Illini fan, I'm more than willing to do that when you predict stuff. <laughs> That, that goes in the favor of the Illini. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready to jump in and agree with Brad. By the way, uh, Bo Derrick had a mean crossover, so let's not let's not you know discount that. But uh, but no, I'm Brad. I'm there, and you know, after the Missouri game, I was as down. Um, maybe not so much on air, but privately, you know this. I mean, I, I I'll admit it, and I'm like, I hope I'm going to eat my words. Um, this team was in total disarray, and the turnaround, whatever the, the whatever the turning point is, roles to find, uh, you know addition by subtraction, whatever, I don't know, but 75-66 last night over Michigan State. And here's why I think this is as important a win as any Illinois has had. I mean, Texas, UCLA, Syracuse, any at all. 
um, this is one that you you now you now show that that Wisconsin wasn't a fluke. Um, you now show you can close out a, a really well coached veteran team down the stretch. I mean, this is once again you give up two field goals in the final five minutes um, against a very good well coached team, veteran team. Um, you know, and you get it done without uh, a key player of Sincere Harris uh, being injured and, and not in the game. Um, you know, the guys seem to trust each other. Um, you know, they went to the guys with a hot hand. Um, they made smart decisions. I, I'm not sure there probably were a couple of turnovers there, but if so, they didn't hurt you. I thought this was a really big win, and I think it puts Illinois right back to where we thought they might be when we started the season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think this is a really important win because you didn't beat a Michigan State team that was struggling. You beat a Michigan State team that had won seven games in a row. Yeah, They had found a way to win games, and they didn't do it against Illinois. Illinois found a way to win that game, and I think that's really important. And, you know, I think on our you know podcast that we, we did – uh, post game, we talked about this. How Illinois is finding different ways to to win, and, and whether you know one game it's offensive rebounding and and forcing turnovers. The next game it's not turning the ball over and making good decisions and and, and things like that. So, um, it, blocking some key shots, you know. But I, I think that that's the kind of team you want to be, you know, as you go through this. And and Larry, you know, we've talked we talk a lot off the air, and I, I agree with you. I, I, I was kind of on the other side, you know, a lot of people were down on this team. I was like, I still think they can get there. I yeah. still think they can get there. I think the upside's there. I'm not, I was never sure they were going to get there. But I think they can get there. Yeah. And I, I, one thing I really like about this team is they really learn at halftime. They make adjustments, you know, Dane danger made some, some really bad defensive plays and that's as a coach, that's hard to get those things worked out. But yet they did it over a halftime and he made as good of plays as he did bad plays in the second half, you know, versus what he was doing in the first half. So um, this team, they've got a lot and that athleticism that they have means they can beat anybody. And what happens if they start shooting well? Holy yeah. cow. You're right. Danger, 20 points. You got Taryn Shannon, 15 points in the first 10 minutes, and he has shut out the rest of the way, except for the free throws to seal the game in the final seconds. Danger steps up. Matt Meyer steps up. Six blocks, career high six blocks uh, from from Matt Meyer. My son sent me a text. He said, hey, Matthew Matombo, put on a T-shirt. You know, I mean, this guy was <laughs> he was he was outstanding inside. But it's those kinds of moments. Um, Jaden Epps, I thought, was settled down in the second half. Um these are the kinds of, you know, and, and Brad, to your point, it's against a team that had just won seven in a row. Um, you know, I, I think, again, you know, you, you've got a game now at Minnesota. We just saw the Gophers finally figure out how to win. Um, you know, so once again, that's a, that's a team that shows they just won at Ohio State. They can beat anybody. Um, but I think this now is a team where it, it appears that they're all finally together and moving in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that chemistry is a big part of it. And the other, the other guy who came back, terrible first half, Coleman Hawkins. Comes back in the second half, gets a big three, gets a put back, little things. I mean, and again, you know, changes some shots defensively. So up and down, they're getting production, and, and they're about to get Luke Goody back, which will add maybe that depth piece that they need. Yeah, this, this it's exciting to think with Luke Goody coming back, plus you've got a couple of international guys that may or may not play this season. Um, this This staff has got a team – and as in typical Underwood fashion, it's starting to round into shape in January. And let's just hope it's a long roll in, in March and April. 
And how about this? Uh, before we go to break uh, right now, um, Illinois, 11 assists last night, only five turnovers. They are 8-0 and when they have more assists than turnovers. It's a stat that makes sense, uh, but that's the way it is. Again, in at Minnesota, Brad, in fact, is uh, going to be on the road here in a few hours uh, on his way to Minneapolis to uh, catch uh, part of that game. Hey, stay with us right now. We've got uh, recruiting news coming up, including, like you said, uh, if, the, if you thought the Illinois coaches are waiting for Sky Clark to pull back into the State Farm driveway, wiping away tears, not happening. That and so much more next is some recruiting news here on the Sports Spectacular. This segment presented by Busey Bank. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. This is David Williams, a leading receiver from the University of Illinois, here on Illini Guy on Sports Spectacular. Go Illini. If you have heard of the Keds Recruiting Roundup podcast but aren't downloading it, what's your problem? Kedrick Prince, director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com, wearing that 10-gallon hat so uh, fellas, it means he means business. Look out. Hey, first off, let's uh, let's clean up the news uh, late last week. We touched on it briefly in last week's show, but but some time has gone by now. Uh, Sky Clark, the former five-star point guard, uh, started all but one game for Illinois, uh, third in minutes on the team, and yet uh, he walks away leave of absence. Um, Ked, welcome back to the show. Let's get your thoughts. Well, thanks for having me back, and I guess we'll just dive right into it. Um I'm I'm not surprised. Um, one of the things, and I'm really honored the fact that you guys gave me an opportunity to continue to do something that I love in recruiting. And I built really good relationships with a lot of these student athletes and their families. And knowing what I know um, about the family, I'm, I'm not surprised. I think there was a lot of pressure on Sky Clark. Um, I think he is a very good basketball player, but sometimes when there's pressure on you to perform, you know, um, from home and from the outside media. If you watch a game on TV, every time, the, you know, there was a broadcast, you know, they all talk about him being a five-star guard. And, you know, he kind of struggled offensively a little bit. And I think the pressure kind of got to him. And sometimes it's not a bad thing to move on and to, you know, in today's world with college athletics, you know, maybe a chain of scenery will be good for him. Um, I don't, you know, for the people out there who think there's a lot of bad blood, you know, between the University of Illinois and, and Sky Clark, that's not it. The kid just had a lot of pressure to deal with. And, you know, I again, I just think it was time for him to look for something different. And Illinois seems to be doing quite well without him. Yeah, there's no question. I, I feel like, you know, Sky Clark, it's not, you know, it's always one of those things. Sometimes it, it just isn't the right fit. It doesn't mean that, you know, Brad Underwood's bad. It doesn't mean Sky Clark's bad. It just means that it's not the right fit. And 
and it wasn't. And, you know, he's got some other issues off the court as well that have kind of contributed to this. And I think the expectations were out of whack for a kid coming off a torn ACL. Um, and, and, you know, he got, but he had his opportunity, he didn't play exceedingly well. Um, showed some flashes where you thought, oh, this is it. He's going to turn the corner, but it never really happened. And other guys kind of stepped up and started playing better. So, you know, guys look for a, the greener pasture. And that's just part of it. Yeah. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, you know, um, it gives more minutes to the guys who are playing a lot. It gives guys like Ty Rogers more time to get out there. He's a high potential guy. I think in the end, um, you know, it, this may work out best for both uh, Sky Clark and for the University of Illinois. Well, meanwhile, Brad Underwood, uh, let no moss gather under your feet. Uh, just <laughs> literally days later, he's already got Sky's replacement basically locked in. Uh, Niccolo Moretti from Italy coming in. Uh, you guys were telling us on IlliniGuys.com on the message boards a few days ago when, when he announced this on Wednesday, he's already registered for classes, is on campus, and will start classes on Tuesday, kid. Well, you guys want to know how good this coaching staff is. That's a perfect example. You lose one, you gain one. You, it, recruiting is all about building relationships. And, you know, Coach Jeff Alexander, um, we had talked this summer, and he had he was on, you know, more ready for a long time. You know, Brad Sturdy and I have talked about it. So, dude, we weren't surprised. We were probably both surprised at the timing of it. But this is, again, why you build relationships with these kids and with the coaches because you never know what's going to happen. What I like about the kid, he's not the best athlete in the world, but I think what he's going to be able to do is he'll be able to come in for Illinois. He will be a good backup point guard. Uh, my favorite thing I like about him as a player from the film that I've seen, he's an, an elite passer. I like how he's able to look to find guys. He's not a guy that's overly quick. He can shoot it. You know, I think he shoots 42%, 43% from the three-point line. But I think they just want a guy who can just take the keys to the Porsche and just run it. Yeah, so last summer, it's funny, I was actually in Kansas City at the EYBL event, and Brad Underwood uh, left the night session and flew to Atlanta. And he met Jeff there because Jeff had seen a kid named Nico Moretti. And so um, it was one of the kids he saw also. And so he, at the um, Global Games thing, and then Jeff followed him up at the FIBA event in August and uh, almost kept in contact. So I do know that one of the schools that came in he, in December, they had this NBA Global Games event and Moretti was just fantastic. And, and he just shown more, just showed more of his game. The big concern for Illinois last summer is he really didn't like defense. Like defense was just something he'd go for steals and things like that, but he didn't really like to get down and guard, but he was just one of those freelance offensive guys that can pass it ball screens. He's fantastic. Well, in December, he was much better. And he showed a little bit. He'd grown a little bit, gained a little bit of weight. He's now a little bit bigger. Still needs to get stronger, but this is a kid who has the, he's a true point guard. He makes other guys better. And that's really what Illinois has been lacking this whole season. And of course, the football team had their own excitement as four-star wide receiver Malik Elzey committed to the Illini, and he did it in great fashion on uh, national TV. Ked, you want to talk about that a bit? Well, one of the things, this is why you guys should subscribe to IlliniGuys.com because we kind of, you know, knew this was coming. But uh, to answer your, your question, Mike, this was big time. This was big time because, you know, uh, Sean Green, the women's basketball coach, and Brett Bielema have always talked about landing that guy from in-state or, or, that, or that woman from in-state to kind of help turn the program around. And um, Malik Elzey is just a 
I don't even know what you know what adjective to use. He's just an exceptional football player. He's big. I know. Um, I, I think it's going to be very hard for them to keep him off the field because he's so strong. And when the ball's in the air, I'm, I'll tell anybody, if you go watch some of the highlights, it doesn't matter how tall the defender is. That ball's in the air. He's going to get it. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to make sure you don't. So just very, very impressed with his, his uh, talent level. And he's a steal because, real quick, he picked Illinois with some powerhouses. You got Tennessee, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That tells you what kind of talent he is. Yeah, big LZ fan. I think he fits the outside receiver that they need, um, you know, that can go up and get balls down the field. And he'll play on the outside. And you've got, you know, when you've got guys like Isaiah Williams and, you know, and, you know, freshmen like Hank Beatty in the slot, really good slot guys. Then you have a Miller who's coming off the ACL, LZ on the outside. You've got some of these guys that can really go down the field and make a play uh, returning. And so now Illinois has a much more potent offense for Luke Altmeyer to uh, fire, fire the ball around to. And looking at Altmeyer's uh, tape, boy, it is uh, he's got an arm that can fire it. So um, fun things uh, to come this spring and then next season uh, with that. That's the recruiting roundup. As always, uh, it goes way too fast. But, uh, Ked, we appreciate the knowledge. Good luck. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Kedrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. And be sure to check out his stuff on the front page right there. Uh, if you uh, can't get into it, it's because you're not a member. And as Ked mentioned, uh, you should join. It's a free seven-day trial. We give you the keys for a week. Uh, test drive it, see what you think. And uh, fast-growing sites, uh, a lot of people. We're in four figures now, members on the site. So be sure to be a part of that. Be the first in the know at LantiGuys.com. Ked's leaving with his uh, on his trusty horse. See him walking out, hopping on his horse right now, 10-gallon hat. We wish him the best there. Stay with us. We've got more to come here on the Sports Spectacular. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. This is David Williams, a leading receiver from the University of Illinois, here on Illini Guy on Sports Spectacular. Go Illini. If you have heard of the Keds Recruiting Roundup podcast but aren't downloading it, what's your problem? Kedrick Prince, director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com, wearing that 10-gallon hat. So, uh, fellas, it means he means business. Look out. Hey, first off, let's uh, let's clean up the news uh, late last week. We touched on it briefly in last week's show, but but some time has gone by now. Uh, Sky Clark, the former five-star point guard, uh, started all but one game for Illinois, uh, third in minutes on the team, and yet uh, he walks away leave of absence. Um, Ked, welcome back to the show. Let's get your thoughts. Well, thanks for having me back, and I guess we'll just dive right into it. Um, I'm I'm not surprised. Um, one of the things, and I'm really honored, the fact that you guys gave me an opportunity to continue to do something that I love in recruiting and I built really good relationships with a lot of these student athletes and their families. And knowing what I know um, about the family, I'm, I'm not surprised. I think there was a lot of pressure on Sky Clark. Um, I think he is a very good basketball player, but sometimes when there's pressure on you to perform, you know, um, from home and from the outside media, if you watch a game on TV, every time that, you know, there was a broadcast, you know, they all talk about him being a five-star guard and, you know, he kind of struggled offensively a little bit. And I think the pressure kind of got to him. And sometimes it's not a bad thing to move on and to, you know, in today's world with college athletics, you know, maybe a chain of scenery will be good for him. Um, I don't, you know, for the people out there who think there's a lot of bad blood, you know, between the University of Illinois and, and Scott Clark, that's not it. The kid just had a lot of pressure to deal with. And, you know, I again, I just think it's time for him to, 
look for something different, and Illinois seems to be doing quite well without him. Yeah, there's no question. I, I feel like, you know, Sky Clark, it's not, you know, it's always one of those things. Sometimes it, it just isn't the right fit. It doesn't mean that, you know, Brad Underwood's bad. It doesn't mean Sky Clark's bad. It just means that it's not the right fit. And, and it wasn't. And, you know, he's got some other issues off the court as well that have kind of contributed to this. And I think the expectations were out of whack for a kid coming off a torn ACL. Um, and, and, you know, he got, but he had his opportunity. He didn't play exceedingly well. Um, showed some flashes where you thought, oh, this is it. He's going to turn the corner, but it never really happened. And other guys kind of stepped up and started playing better. So, you know, guys look for uh, the greener pasture. And that's just part of it. Yeah. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, you know, um, it gives more minutes to the guys who are playing a lot. It gives guys like Ty Rogers more time to get out there. He's a high potential guy. I think in the end, um, you know, it, this may work out best for both uh, Sky Clark and for the University of Illinois. Well, meanwhile, Brad Underwood, uh, let no moss gather under your feet. Uh, <laughs> just literally days later, he's already got Sky's replacement basically Locked in uh, Nicolo Moretti from Italy coming in. Uh, you guys were telling us on IlliniGuys.com on the message boards a few days ago when, when he announced this on Wednesday, he's already registered for classes, is on campus, and will start classes on Tuesday, kid. Well, you guys want to know how good this coaching staff is. That's a perfect example. You lose one, you gain one. You, it, recruiting is all about building relationships. And, you know, Coach Jeff Alexander, um, we had talked this summer, and he had he was on you know more ready for a long time. You know, Brad Sturdy and I talked about it. So dude, we weren't surprised. We were probably both surprised at the timing of it. But this is again why you build relationships with these kids and with the coaches because you never know what's going to happen. What I like about the kid, he's not the best athlete in the world, but I think what he's going to be able to do is he'll be able to come in for Illinois. He will be a good backup point guard. Uh, my favorite thing I like about him as a player from the film that I've seen, he's an, an elite passer. I like how he's able to look to find guys. He's not a guy that's overly quick. He can shoot it. You know, I think he shoots 42%, 43% from the three-point line. But I think they just want a guy who can just take the keys to the porch and just run it. Yeah, so last summer, it's funny, I was actually in Kansas City at the EYBL event, and Brad Underwood uh, left the night session and flew to Atlanta. And he met Jeff there because Jeff had seen a kid named Nico Moretti. And so um, it was one of the kids he saw also. And so he, at the um, Global Games thing. And then Jeff followed him up at the FIBA event in August. And uh, Ellis kept in contact. So I, I do know that one of the schools that came in, he in December, they had this NBA Global Games event. And Moretti was just fantastic. And, and he just shown more, just showed more of his game. The big concern for Illinois last summer is he really didn't like defense. Like defense was just something he'd go for steals and things like that, but he didn't really like to get down and guard. But he was just one of those freelance offensive guys that can pass it. Ball screens, he's fantastic. Well, in December, he was much better. And he showed a little bit, he'd grown a little bit, gained a little bit of weight. He's now a little bit bigger. Still needs to get stronger, but this is a kid who has the he's a true point guard. He makes other guys better. And that's really what Illinois has been lacking this whole season. And, of course, the football team had their own excitement as four-star wide receiver Malik Elzey committed to the Illini, and he did it in great fashion on uh, national TV. Ked, you want to talk about that a bit? Well, one of the things, this is why you guys should subscribe to IlliniGuys.com because we kind of, you know, knew this was coming. But uh, to answer your, your question, Mike, this was big time. 
this was big time because, you know, uh, Sean Green, the women's basketball coach, and Brett Bielema have always talked about landing that guy from in-state or, or, that, or that woman from in-state to kind of help turn the program around. And um, Malik Elzey is just a – I don't even know what, you know what adjective to use. He's just an exceptional football player. He's big. I know um, – I think it's going to be very hard for them to keep him off the field because he's so strong. And when the ball's in the air, I'm, I'll tell anybody, if you go watch some of the highlights, it doesn't matter how tall the defender is. That ball's in the air. He's going to get it. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to make sure you don't. So just very, very impressed with his his uh, talent level. And he's a steal because real quick, he picked Illinois with some powerhouses. You got Tennessee, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That tells you what kind of talent he is. Yeah, big Elsie fan. I think he fits the outside receiver that they need, um, you know, that can go up and get balls down the field. And he'll play on the outside. And you've got, you know, when you've got guys like Isaiah Williams and, you know, and, you know, freshmen like Hank Beatty in the slot, really good slot guys. Then you have a Miller who's coming off the ACL, Elsie on the outside. You've got some of these guys that can really go down the field and make a play uh, returning. And so now Elna has a much more potent offense for Luke Altmeyer to uh, fire, fire the ball around to. And looking at Altmeyer's uh, tape, boy, it is uh, he's got an arm that can fire it. So um, fun things uh, to come this spring and then next season uh, with that. That's the recruiting roundup. As always, uh, it goes way too fast. But, uh, Ken, we appreciate the knowledge. Good luck. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Kendrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. And be sure to check out his stuff on the front page right there. Uh, if you uh, can't get into it, it's because you're not a member. And as Ken mentioned, uh, you should join. It's a free seven-day trial. We give you the keys for a week. Uh, test drive it, see what you think. And uh, fast growing sites, uh, a lot of people. We're in four figures now, members on the site. So be sure to be a part of that. Be the first in the know at lanaguys.com. Ked's leaving with his uh, on his trusty horse. See him walking out, hopping on his horse right now, 10 gallon hat. We wish him the best there. Stay with us. We've got more to come here on the Sports Spectacular. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. We continue the conversation, and uh, uh, these two gentlemen, fine gentlemen, Mr. Sturdy and Mr. Kegley, were schooling me here in the break about the recruiting of Wisconsin football. What is Luke Fickle doing in Madison? Well, he's he's got more quarterbacks than than they do at the Elite 11 quarterback camp. I mean, he was just bringing in the quarterbacks right and left. It, it looks really awesome on paper. My question is, how is it all going to fit together? Because, um, and then you got to wonder, like, how this team, it's got a totally different look. So, I don't know. It's just a weird, uh, weird setup. But, man, he is bringing in some elite players. There's no question about that. Yeah, I think it's really going to be interesting how that goes. Um, this team is going to look a lot different than um, past Wisconsin teams. It appears to have offensively be built a lot different because they can literally throw 40 times a game and have uh, a quarterback only attempt one pass each. Um, And the bottom line is, is you're going to have a team that uh, if it doesn't play well or they have a hiccup, you know, Barry Alvarez is behind the scenes all over that university um, is he going to be supportive like he was Patterson? Um, <laughs> is that, is I, that what support? Is that support there? Yeah, I mean, I, you just got to wonder, you know, where where this goes if it's not 
successful right away. And he still has a team that's basically run blocking linemen, et cetera. And you're going to expect them to be adept at the passing game on day one. That's I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm just saying it's going to be darn interesting to watch whether it does or it doesn't. You know, yeah, we should definitely, um, uh, something to, to watch, uh, up in Madison and also peek in on, on Lincoln as well. And Matt rule. So he's doing out there, you know, I'm going to shift gears here and talk basketball coaches outside the big 10. Uh, one of the big stories this week, John Calipari, um, signed that lifetime deal with Kentucky, uh, three or four years ago. And now you got to wonder if maybe, uh, they're regretting the decision. Um, UK one and three start in the sec for the first time in 36 years. Um, I think Brad was still in middle school back then. Um, I mean, it's, has been a really long time. Close. Um, and then they've got, yeah. And then they've got, they got have to go at Tennessee, um, which is the, you know, the guy, the, the, the last guy who took Texas to a final four, Rick Barnes, he's got the volunteers rolling. Um, that's a, that's a tough one. Listen, in BBN right now, they are not happy with John Calipari and the, the pitchforks, pitchforks may not be out yet, but I think the the people in Kentucky at least uh, have gone to the barn to make sure that they know where they are. So when they need to go get them, it's not going to be a very long of a search. Well, Larry, so I'm going to go historical here. Back in the day in the 1820s, people used to leave, they used to write on their houses and they'd say, GTT, gone to Texas. So I, one of these days, we may just go to Cal's house and he'll have a sign that says, gone to Texas. There was a sign at the game that said, please go to Texas. So who knows what's going to happen. But no, I, it's, definitely, um, it's definitely not a pleasant situation for Cal at Kentucky because, you know, the expectations are high and they're not meeting those expectations. And they've tried changing assistant coaches. They brought in, you know, the guy who was there when they had all their success, Orlando Antigua. And one of those guys and so but it just hasn't hasn't meshed yet now they have enough talent that if they finish they they start clicking who knows what can happen but right now they're just they don't look like a team that is connected and and playing together yeah coach cow look he's he's blamed the assistants got new assistants he's got different players but they're all ranked really high there's one connective tissue that is going through uh <laughs> these travails and that's the head coach and I, I, I don't know what happened. It looks like he's lost kind of touch with the game a little bit or the game or the, the players' personalities have passed him by. I don't know. But I will say that when I look at um, Texas, that would be about the worst possible decision that you could make at Texas. They're in the middle of an area with fantastic AAU basketball, and they don't need to have um, – they don't need Cal – there at all guys i, I gotta get to the break uh, but I, I gotta ask you this very quickly here's the thing if you're texas why calipari um he's 62 63 years old he recruits top five recruiting classes every year and doesn't win with them um would he be the guy you would take to to build this program over a tommy lloyd or a nate oats or uh a billy donovan or or uh jerome tang or or eric musselman well, we're pretty sure he hasn't choked his wife. So maybe that's what they're looking for. They have Steph's baby. 
So Ellen's still with him. She's still hanging in there. She's yeah. She's <laughs> so good. so. So, so I guess that's good. So you got to look at the positive. No, I don't think he's the right fit, but he's a big name. You know, and sometimes they just go for the big name and don't think about you know. As we say, we're we're looking at like he's not going to recruit any better than he does at Kentucky. So you just got to you know. Sometimes they go for the big name, but I agree with you. I think Tommy Lloyd is yeah. the guy who I think if he went to Texas, oh, he would probably cool. have, we would someday be talking about him with multiple national titles yeah. and uh, a guy, one of the greatest of all time in college basketball. So, ooh, nothing like throwing out some expectations, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the case. And, and so many times you see this, when you try to make a splash in sports, it generally doesn't, it doesn't work. You're bringing in somebody past their prime. You know, it's kind of like when Beckham came to play you know, uh, soccer for LA galaxy. Well, you were getting kind of Beckham, um, you know, and, and that's where I think you've got an opportunity if your Texas to jump up and Calipari is struggling and it, it would be an interesting thing to be inside there to understand what's going on. I'll be honest. If I was going to start a program, I think I'd take, uh, his right-hand man, Orlando Antigua over coach Cal right now, if, if it was my choice. A lot of issues uh, in Lexington right now and not getting any easier. Just lost at home to South Carolina, I think, for the first time in the Calipari era that that the Gamecocks would interrupt and and got a win. So a lot of question marks there um, uh, in, in the bluegrass. Stay with us right here. We will pay some bills and continue with more after this. Sports Spectacular continues here. Larry, Mike, and Brad as uh, we come up on the section presented by OSF Healthcare. We appreciate uh, their sponsorship. Brian Barnhart, play-by-play uh, -play man of the Fighting Illini for so many years, joins us once again, friend of the show. Uh, Brian, good to talk with you as we um, uh, talk with you right now heading into the, the Michigan State game. Look, for Illini fans, um, this has got to feel pretty good right now that finally this team back, putting back-to-back -back games together, um, you could argue the, the best two-game sequence we've seen this season. Well, it's the first uh, two-game winning streak, Larry, since, uh, what, the end of November yeah. when they put the back-to-back -back wins there. And, you know, there's been so many cross-currents with this team. You know, the new guys, the older guys coming in from different programs, the freshmen coming in, all that was happening with all of them and playing time and minutes. And, and then they had one system they're running on offense and another one on defense. And then they give that up after the Missouri game and they try this and then you're without Luke Goody. So there's been all kinds of uh, stuff going on. And I figured at some point they were going to, it was going to settle down. And I don't know, you know, if they can keep up the level of play from the last two games remains to be seen, but certainly defensively, even in the Northwestern game, they were really good defensively. Mm -hmm. They just fouled too much and they fouled the wrong guys for Northwestern. Um, and so the defense carried over to the Nebraska game. I don't think Nebraska ever got into any kind of rhythm the whole night. Uh, they were very disruptive. And then on offense, it was really, I think, the full unveiling of running the spread with the eight-man rotation that they have with Sky now stepping aside. They've got all – everybody knows what everybody's going to do, that role identification that Brad talked about during the early days of the season. I think they finally found it. And what's going to be interesting to see is what happens when Luke Goody comes in and back, and he's close. Then what? So that'll be interesting to see to add that to the mix as well. But Rogers, I think, is flourishing uh, with his role now. I think Sincere and and Jaden Epps understand when they're going to play. They're all going to get a lot of minutes. And right now, it's just starting to click a little bit. 
You know, you bring up a great point. Sky Clark is 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 out of the mix right now, um, and you know we will see if he does come back in the future. Um, but it seems like right now the the big beneficiary, the two of them, would be Sincere Harris and, and Jaden Epps. No longer are they trying to fight for five six minutes here or there. They know that the point guard spot is theirs, and they seem comfortable with sharing that role. Uh, one bringing a lot of offense, and the other uh, some great intensity on defense. Yeah, and they and they all play hard, and at times they make mistakes because they're freshmen, right? But it seems to me, and, and I, I didn't play the game, so coaches, I rely on Dion and Doug to kind of educate me a little bit as we go. But to me, you know, over the years, I've seen these young players, you know, where they're wide-eyed and they're confused early and, the, oh, I didn't expect that. And, and as the season goes on, they just kind of gradually through, okay, I made this mistake here. I know not to do that. You know, I've got to do more of this and less of that. And that's just happening Every day with every practice, every shoot around, scouting reports, and those guys are gaining confidence. And I've been really impressed with Jaden Epps and his consistency for a freshman to be scoring, what is it, five straight games now in double figures. And every time I look up on the score sheet, I'm like, he had 10, he had 12, he had eight, I don't remember. And he just consistently gets those numbers. And that's, as you know, that's really good for a freshman. And sincere, just you know, his relentlessness, you know, his offense will come around eventually, but he just does so many other things. And then Rogers, I think is a young man and the coaches have told me this, that he's very comfortable just going in and getting rebounds and hustling. And he just, you know, I think the offense will come around for him as well. So, you know, as, as someone told me, you know, uh, they can make mistakes, but you know, they're going to be really good before this, before it's all over. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think what's especially Jaden Epps, since he's the the score in that group, I think um, mm-hmm. I think 11 out of 16, 11 out of 16 games, he scored double digits already, something like that. Again, going into the Michigan State game uh, Friday night um, is that he doesn't force it. A lot of times freshmen haven't shot in a while or, you know, well, I need to get mine. Let me he's comfortable. He, he knows he's going to be open and he's not that first, second or third option. Um, and so defenses, if you ignore him, and we saw it uh, in the game against uh, Nebraska, he hits a three. If you come at him, he's going to step up and hit the mid-range jumper. Um, of course, we know he's a bucket inside, so um, it's another dimension that 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 this team has. Talking with Brian Barnhart, play-by-play man for the Illini basketball team and football team as well. We'll talk football in just a moment. Um, but I want to talk about in terms of, um, of this team, uh, you're right. It's like things clicked, and just in the amount of, right amount of time, I don't know about you, but talk about the Big Ten overall. I can't recall a season. We know the Big Ten is tough, but there are zero gimmies in, in, in this league this year. I mean, truly, we have seen it. Not just you're not just saying theor- theoretically anyone can beat anybody. Seriously, everyone is beating everybody in this league. It's a, the the parity here is amazing. Um, even Purdue right now still on top. You know they're going to lose some games down the stretch as well. So um, it's a fun league. It's also a scary league if you've got to compete. <laughs> Yeah, there are, there are games, I mean, that don't make a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. Iowa, you know, this Nebraska team, Illinois beat, you know, back on uh, Tuesday night, they held Iowa to 50 points. I mean, Iowa scores 50 points and a half sometimes. Right. right. And so that was weird. And then, you know, Iowa has to come from 21 down at home to beat Indiana, and then they go win at Rutgers, which is almost impossible to do. Right. And so that's hard to explain. And Minnesota may be the one team that you go, ah, you know, they're just not that good. But even they, you know, had to, they were taken to overtime by Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska had to beat them in overtime, and they played Wisconsin really well in Madison. So I don't know. I, I think you're right. I don't know if there's a great, I mean, other than Purdue, 
There's probably not a you know an, an elite team in the Big Ten, but they're all with great coaches and uh, systems and schemes, and they all know each other. And I mean, it's it's really hard to predict. You almost flip a quarter every game. I mean, there's some games coming up this weekend. I'm looking at going. I don't know who to pick. I have no idea. Right. Even if it is a home game for somebody. I mean, the Illinois-Michigan State game is going to be a toss-up in Champaign. And, and Michigan State, I think, is the hottest team in the league coming in. Yeah, yeah. Seven straight. They got the win at Wisconsin, to your point. They were ranked early, fell off. Typical Tom Izzo. They've, they've regrouped. Um, you know, they've got to always have veterans. They always have guys who know the system, know how to play. Um, you know, older, more mature guys. Seven straight wins going into Champaign. Uh, Friday night. So it's going to be, like I said, a, a lot of fun to watch for us. Um, and, and we'll see, I think that Illinois, like you said, they've got the talent there to, um, uh, to, to make this happen. How about Terrence Shannon's play? I've noticed that again, these past mm-hmm. two games, the better ball movement and, and the more fluidity on offense, he seems to really have picked up. Um, I, I looked at IlliniGuys.com, 17 points per game in the first 14 games, 24 and a half points per game. These last two. Um, 60% shooting these last two games. Um, you know, when he's doing hit, when he's hitting threes, which you haven't seen him do consistently since the Maryland game, since he got popped in the head, um, it just changes the whole look of this, uh, Illini offense. And they're opportunistic on defense as well. Yeah. He's, uh, when he attacks the basket, that first step he takes is, uh, Doug Altberger was telling me now, Doug would know he guarded Michael Jordan in practice. <laughs> he's, you know, Jordan had an unbelievable first step, you know, and it's hard to compare anybody to that, but yeah. He says Shannon, that first step, I mean, the way the move he makes is elite, yeah. how he gets to the basket. I know that's a word Brad uses some uh, to describe those guys. Yeah, and when you think about it, I mean, Shannon wasn't the go-to guy at Texas Tech. He was part of a, a larger unit, and so this is kind of new for him. He's one of the, he's the, the alpha dog on offense, and, you know, people have got to try to stop him. So, yeah, his uh, if he can just be consistent, and he has been, all year at times within games, he gets a little streaky, but uh, that's all part of his game. I think that, you know, to get that consistency would be something that could get him. You would hope to the next level uh, would be in that area. And the same way with Matthew Meyer, just being more consistent that way. But, but certainly Shannon, the guys on the team know who should be the leader offensively. And Shannon, I think is starting to, to emerge that way. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Matt Meyer. I think you see him becoming more and more comfortable as well uh, on both ends. Um, not reluctant to to shoot the three. And again, Coleman Hawkins last weekend, you know, I mean, I think we all were excited for him probably more than anybody. Um, everyone in Illini Nation saying, just shoot the ball. And and he's mm-hmm. now doing that. I saw on on the message boards on IlliniGuys.com that some people were you know complaining he was shooting from the logo. I'm like, no, no. Don't complain. He's shooting. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah. you know, Brad will reel those in, but I don't mind one or two of those here and there um, because he, that means he's got confidence he's going to make him, and we'd rather have that than, than the other side. Yeah, the guys that have worked with me over the years always say sometimes on shots, you know, you can get that same shot later in the shot clock. You don't have to shoot it right like right off the bat. And every once in a while, he'll he'll shoot one of those or Meyer will, you know, kind of an off-balance uh, shot, but for the most part, the last couple of games we haven't had nearly as many of those yeah. as we did in some of the other games. So, yeah, I think that's uh, <laughs> that's real important, uh, and it's been interesting to to follow that as as Meyer takes those shots and Coleman. You can almost hear the you can almost hear the crowd at the, like the State Farm Center kind of gasp <laughs> when Coleman he's open, shoot it, you know, shoot it. 
And the coach is telling the same thing pretty frequently because he's a really good shooter. And uh, the other thing coaches have told me over the years, football and basketball, is if you're out there thinking, then you're in trouble. Just do it instinctively. Just shoot it. If you know you're open and you've got a good shot, don't force it, but, but, you know, take a good shot. Yeah. And they've done that and hopefully they can continue after this weekend, uh, as you know, at Minnesota on Monday and then next week, Indiana comes in the Hoosiers have had their early struggles as well, but again, uh, a very solid team uh, ranked in the top 25 until this past week. Let's talk some little, little football. Now you were down in Tampa, Illinois, not the game that they would like offensively. Um, and I think that it's easy for some fans to think about what if, uh, if you hadn't had that slump in November, but when you step back, um, you know, for a team to go eight and five for this program, which eight win seasons. I mean, I joked when Bielema was hired that if 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 he gets back to back eight win seasons, they might build a statue. And and I was only half kidding. Um, I, this program, it's amazing what he has done in just a couple of years of turnaround and the foundation he has built now for twenty twenty three and beyond. It is, yeah, and I think uh, you're right. As Illini, long-time Illini fans, you know, eight or nine wins every year sounds pretty good. Yeah. And you think about it, they had that when John Makovic was here. Uh, there for whatever it was, four or five bowl games in a row. So, yeah, just getting to that level. But I know Brett's not satisfied. I mean, just listening to him talk, you know, after the first year, he said, I didn't come here to win five games. You know, and eight is a nice number, but we can do better than that. And they could have. I mean, they could have won ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that, you know, the way the season played out, they were in every game. I'm really excited about where he's, uh, where he's taking this just because his expectations are so high and he has a way of communicating it to get everybody to believe that they can get to that level. Whereas I think as fans, we're like, Hey, we just be happy with, with seven or eight. And I think he's, uh, he's got bigger goals in mind and he's experienced those bigger goals before in other stops and, and I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. And I like the way he he preaches that message all the time. He's never quite satisfied and finds out ways to make it better or do it better or more efficiently or whatever the case may be. And we saw that, you know, that for the one year he let his offensive coordinator go after one year. You know, he wasn't satisfied. He was going to make it work and and pull the trigger and made the change to Barry Lunny. So be interesting to see what they do with the quarterback from Mississippi, how that works and I know they've gotten some good news recently on Isaiah Williams coming back and Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams and all those guys, uh, two of those linemen were considered potential NFL draft picks. So uh, to have those guys back, that's that's pretty encouraging. Eight win season. He said it could have been 10, even 11, the way things worked out. But what a great uh, job that Brett Bielema has done and rewarded with the the contract extension that uh, – Board of Trustees will vote on uh, later on here this month. And so, again, um, you know, his, his wife and two young daughters. And, and so hopefully he is in Champaign now for a while. Let me finish with a question you may not get very often. How is Brian Barnhart? I don't think people understand um, what you go through, the grind of not just the games, but the prep work and the other things you do for uh, the great station WDWS. Uh, uh, how are you this time of year with the extra travel with the bowl game? That was a lot of extra stuff. And, and how are you maintaining well, first, I'm glad to have the extra travel for the bowl game because we we haven't had many of those. Sure. <laughs> and having a January bowl game, I you know the last one I did was the Rose Bowl uh, in 08. So I mean uh, that was that's fun. I'll take that challenge every time. But <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been a since. Well, let's see. We had the Missouri game on the 22nd of December, and then uh, of course had the um, Bethune Cookman game. You had Christmas and then Bethune Cookman game, and then we went to Tampa on the 31st. And had the game on the second and then came back on the third. 
landed in uh, at Willard at the uh, mid afternoon, then repacked the suitcase with colder weather clothes, drove to Evanston, uh, and did Christmas with my daughter up there. And then we stayed in with the team hotel in uh, Skokie and then did the game at eight o'clock at night on Wednesday and drove back at, back at 2 AM and uh, then had the game with Wisconsin early Saturday and uh, then turned around and left for Nebraska. Just got back from Nebraska. We got Michigan state Friday night at eight, another eight o'clock start. And then, uh, we got to go to Minnesota for Martin Luther King day. So on Sunday. So yeah, there's a lot of, uh, and doing a daily show nine to 11 as well, depending <laughs> for your thoughts show. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now, but I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. You, you've been in this business. It's, it's very rewarding work, yeah. uh, but there is a lot of prep. I mean, I was literally prepping, you know, while I was prepping for the bowl game, I was prepping for Bethune and I was prepping for Missouri and I started working on Nebraska late last week. And, you know, so trying to stay, a game ahead, basically, like coaches do, and uh, and be ready for the next game when it comes up. But it'll slow down eventually. But yeah, it's a. I think basketball is in the middle of a six games in fifteen days stretch, which is an NBA schedule, basically. Right. You know, every couple of days. So there's and and people forget too. Uh, it's not just doing the games, but there's interviews, pregame interviews. Right. You know, uh, all the things that go around the broadcast rather than just the game itself. So you, you certainly, and you know this, being in the business as long as you've been, you don't just sit down for two hours and you're done. You know, there's the two hours before the game. There's the hour pregame. There's the, the postgame. And uh, and we got in from Nebraska at about one in the morning, uh, late night. And uh, so it's, uh, there's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but there are some late nights for sure. Absolutely. Well, that's why I, I wanted everyone to, uh, uh, to understand – you know, it's it's not just turn the radio on and you happen to go to a game an hour before and sit down and you know with the pregame. I mean, there's so much work, and I appreciate you sharing with uh, all of our listeners in terms of the hard work. We are fortunate to have you as a voice of the Illini. And uh, and by the way, keep doing the the shout outs too. I know you do that on Twitter. Everyone, make sure you fo- follow Brian Barnhart on Twitter. Um, and 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 when he asks if you're listening in, it's great to hear all the places around the country that are tuned in to the the broadcast that night. That's exciting. Yeah, rather that's been fun. I just kind of happened into that. I've heard a couple of other guys in our league mention some of that, and I thought I'm just going to throw it out there. And and we've gotten them from Africa, we've gotten them from Australia, we've got people. Uh, streaming is an amazing thing. Yeah, and so uh, people all over the country and radio, as you know, is one of those um, very intimate mediums that uh, you know TV's different, but radio is. People feel like they know you even though they don't. And when they live far away, and we saw this in Tampa, we did a radio show down there uh, before the bowl game. There were like a thousand people on the water in Tampa at this restaurant. And so many people from so many places coming up. They've been away from Champagne for years and through the radio, that's their connection to the team. Right. And they just want to they want to come and be connected with you and the team because that's what they've heard. And that's the great thing about radio. It's a very intimate medium. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I know you have more to do, so we will we appreciate the time you spent with us right now. Uh, great call, as always. We're so fortunate to um, have you as, as the man giving us the call. Give our best to Dion and Doug, and we'll talk with you here uh, later on this season.
All right. Thanks, Larry. Keep up the good work. Enjoying you guys very much. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Our good friend Brian Barnhart here again, play-by-play man, uh, the uh, Fighting Illini football and basketball teams. And again, he's on the call for the Friday night game, Michigan State. And again, uh, next week on Monday at Minnesota. You're listening to the uh, uh, this segment here presented by OSF Healthcare. We appreciate that. More Sports Spectacular here along the Illini Guys radio network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously. You're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hour number two, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley with you. And, you know, we, we talk about the Big Ten and, you know, it's just <laughs> some of these teams. And, and again, it is a couple of games we haven't talked about yet uh, in the show. Um, the games from, from Thursday night, Minnesota getting their first win, going to Ohio State of all places and getting the win, and then Michigan losing in overtime on the road at Iowa. Yeah, the you know Iowa's been playing well, and you know they can score, and they've had some up and down things. But I mean, at least that one doesn't. You know, is that Iowa? Whatever. Minnesota winning at Ohio State—that's like a. I mean, I was shocked because Ohio State was actually when you look at like the efficiency stats, they were the number two team in the Big Ten going into that game. And Minnesota was number 14 by far. And so to see Minnesota win at Ohio State just goes to show you, you cannot take anyone lightly in this league. Yeah, and the Ohio State thing was shocking, you know, because you you think like, oh, if we go up to to Minnesota, you got to play well because you're on that raised court and it's it's a different place. But I it was clear that I don't know that Ohio State thought they were going to lose to Minnesota. Um and Minnesota is not that good of a team, yet they went out and played well and played defense, and they made the key shots that they've probably been trying to hit all year. Um, the Iowa game was interesting because there was a period of time there where, where Michigan just looked too big with Terrace Reed and, of course, Hunter in there. They were getting rebound after rebound, and then things change, and next thing you know, Iowa starts hitting literally everything. Um, it was a fun game to watch back and forth. So uh, just kind of shows you why the Big Ten, again, it's a tough league, but it's also one of the most entertaining leagues uh, out there. In that game, Michigan's outstanding freshman, Jet Howard, with a career high, 34 points. The coach's son, boy, what a, what a year he's having. Uh, and by the way, in the Ohio State game, uh, Minnesota, a name we've talked about several times before, Dawson Garcia. You, you may have heard of him, may have lost track of him. Uh, freshman year at Marquette, sophomore year at North Carolina, quit the team halfway through, missed the, the run to the Final Four, uh, so didn't, didn't get a ring. Um, now he's at Minnesota, year three, third school. He's Golden Gopher, career high 28 points in that win. A rare win, by the way, um, uh, for the Golden Gophers. I read somewhere, I think, like 17th win and 80 trips to Columbus or something. I mean, it's um, not a lot of success there, but they get the win uh, Thursday night. And by the way, with that win, Minnesota no longer in last place by themselves. They're now in a tie for last place, tie for 13th at one and four with Indiana, the preseason favorite to win the Big Ten. And I'm not dissing Indiana. I'm just saying this is just how crazy uh, the Big Ten is with uh, no, no remedy in sight. It's going to be bad all the way through to the end of the season. Uh, but a big change 
uh, with the Big Ten at the top. Uh, Kevin Warren, uh, the commissioner, leaving the team and uh, going to the Bears um, to run things over there. I think this is a great move for Warren and for the Bears. Oh, I do too. He, he's, you know, he's got an NFL background, and that's where he, that that's what he's been a uh, uh, big part of. And then the other thing is with the Bears looking at Arlington as new stadium, he can kind of lead them that direction. He's already done that once, um, and so yeah, I, I think it's a great fit for him. You know, he he never, and, and to be honest, he was put in a tough position in the Big Ten. You're taking over for a guy who's a legend, and also you you the COVID pandemic comes in too. So it's like, you're, hey, here's all these things that are crazy, and you know, so he kind of lost some, maybe some edge, but you know, the Big Ten got a great billion dollar TV contract, and um, he's got to be, you know, you got to look at that and say, hey, you know, he, he did some good things as well. Yeah, I think it, you know, he really did um, set the mark for uh, getting a great contract, especially with doing multiple uh, partners across the board, uh, bringing in, you know, UCLA, uh, USC. Um, His mark will be there for a long time. And it was a fantastic job considering a little bit of stumbling out of the block with the handling of COVID. So, uh, and I think when you put him back into the NFL, that's his, that's his groove. And he's going to be in charge of helping the Bears get a new stadium, which he did well up in Minnesota. So it, I think it's a really nice fit. And, and I think Ted Phillips had a, had a good run, but it's probably good to have uh, new blood up on top of the Bears organization as well. Especially with the franchise making the, the big step of, again, you know, no secret, they're going to be moving to Arlington Heights with a, if you like the SoFi Stadium out there uh, in L.A., um, which was built on a former racetrack. That's exactly what the Bears plan to do in Arlington Heights. Uh, and he's proven, uh, again, like you said, in, in Minneapolis before, and now with the Big Ten and this massive billion-dollar deal uh, spread across uh, three broadcast networks, you know, plus, uh, of course, BTN and, and FS1, that he's a negotiator. And you know, there are you know, 300 ways you can sell um, real estate, you know, uh, uh, you know, merchandise, you, everything you can think of, inside not just the stadium, but around the new stadium. And so that's going to be a big part uh, of that. You know, if, if that stadium were in place today, um, the AFC might have voted this week to play their championship game there, uh, but it's not. And so they did decide that uh, if they need a coin flip, if they have to come up with um, an alternate uh, neutral location for the AFC championship game as a result of the bills Bengals game that was not played, it will be in Atlanta. So nice, cozy, warm place compared to what they could have been um, for the AFC title game if it comes down to that. Yeah, that's no fun. I mean, I I get it. It's neutral site, but I want the elements, baby. Give me some snow. Give me some cold. have to go to Buffalo or even Kansas City can get cold this time of year, right? So, you know, it's not, you know, I don't know. Just be fun. They should have played it like in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, Or go up to Canada. Just go farther north and play it, you know. (laughs) Play it on a Canadian football field. Who cares? No, um, I, I think they had an opportunity to really do something special. You know, if you would have done a Lambeau field, and I'm not a Packer guy, but if you would have done the Lambeau field thing, that would be history. That would be history making. It would be something they would talk about. You know, if you the, the future version of John Madden would talk about that for 50 years, the one time that the Packers didn't play in the playoffs on the frozen tundra of Lambeau field. And I don't know, you know, I look at that stadium in Atlanta, Larry, I'll let, let you describe it. But to me, it, it, it's 
kind of one of the cookie cutter stadiums. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure it'll be a great game and everything, but I would have went. I could, I could do with Cleveland, Mike. I mean, I could have done Cleveland, except nobody actually wants to go to Cleveland. So, um, oh, wait, yeah. So, um, so that's probably why they didn't move it there. <laughs> no, the, the, the dome is fantastic. It's outstanding. I mean, it, it is, I mean, it's state of the arts. Um, but, uh, but I'm with you guys, you know, you've got, it, it, it's only at the bills and the chiefs, if they meet. And like you said, both, um, you know, cold weather would have been, would have been much, much better um, in, in our opinion, but you know, they didn't ask us, right. I guess that's, that's, that's their part, mistake. Part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Clear, clearly their problem. You know, the <laughs> NFL is not doing well. It's on the ropes. All you need to do is ask the three of us. You'll be successful. We'll help them. We will. We'll, <laughs> that's what we do. We will find a way, but you got to come seek our help first. Uh, that's that's kind of the rule. So no we, we'll we push can have a, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll take have a radio them. show. We'll have an NFL radio show. Why not? not? We'll Where push the NFL from 10 to 11. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is Spinal Tap. That's right. It's a big uh, playoff weekend, and so we certainly hope that you guys uh, enjoy the games. Uh, okay, we've got to take a break. <laughs> More to come after this. Stay with us. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Sports Spectacular continues, and we were talking last hour about the Illini basketball team, women's basketball team, ranked 24th in the nation. First time they've been ranked in the top 25 since 2000. Adaya McKenzie, she's the Illini gal now. Um, she wasn't alive in 2000. Let's just let's just put it out there. Uh, that's how, <laughs> how amazing this is. Adaya, what was your reaction when you heard? When I heard, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, just exciting, you know. I think it just shows that, like, we've been working hard and it's well-deserved. But, of course, we want to be ranked higher and we're going to keep working. Yeah, Adalia, you guys have had, you know, such a great run to start this season. And um, you, you go to Ohio State, number three Ohio State, build the big lead. Unable to hold on, but does it give you a little bit of even even though you, you don't take moral victories? Like I'm, I guarantee Coach Green didn't say, "Hey, great job," but you know he she's she wants to win. But does it make you give conf, give you some confidence to know that you can take number three on their court down to the wire and have a chance to win? Yeah, for sure, it definitely gives us confidence, and it's just like we're right there. Like we could play with anybody in the country, you know. Like if we could play with number three and stay with them and be close to beating them, then I think it just shows how good we are, and that's just something we let fuel us. And it's not like you guys, um, you know, you guys don't look past opponents, but, boy, uh, sometimes you can take out some of your frustration on that next team right after you lose. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's what we just talked about, like going to Minnesota, 
you know, we're putting on their home court. So we got to go at them. You know, what's amazing too, talking to Adalia McKenzie, the Illini gal here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. When when we talk about um, your team, we were talking this, you know, last last hour that you've only lost three games against Delaware down at Daytona Beach, which is a one that Coach Green still talks about. She really felt that was one that you guys let slip away. The other two losses um, were to Big Ten powerhouses at their place, and you made them work for it. Um, what I'm really impressed with you guys is not just the learning that you've done from, you know, summer workouts to now, but you find a way to, to look at the reasons you lost these games, few and far in between and build on that. Talk about in terms of, um, taking away the positives when things don't always go your way and in the end result on the scoreboard. Yeah, for sure. Um, taking an L isn't just losing. It's actually a lesson, you know, so we learn from it and like we watch film, we see what we need to work on and then in practice like we do it and I think our coaches do a really good job of preparing us and also just keeping our confidence up like we know we didn't get that win but we're going to keep progressing and keep growing and eventually we'll start getting those ranked teams you know so I I have to ask a question so this weekend Adalia it's kind of a homecoming right you go back home what are you what are you looking forward to getting back to Minnesota um, I guess I was say just seeing like loved ones in the uh, stands and just seeing them cheer for me, but I'm going into the game poised and not getting too excited, you know, got to stay focused. Yeah. How, how do you stay focused returning back to the place where you were the best basketball player in the state? People know who you are. Um, how do you keep your feet on the ground in this, this big of a game? Honestly, just treating it as if it was a game at home or a different away game, just approaching it how would any other game, just staying locked in on the task and not letting any outside noise, you know, distract me. Well, you guys have done a great job of that. Again, 14 and three ranked 24th in both polls, AP and the coaches poll. Um, And now again, going up to Minnesota. Um, Is it um, uh, what's the emotion like being, um, the hunted instead of the hunter. It feels good. And also it's just like, we got to put up a fight every game. Like being the hunted is like, it's hard, you know, like, but also I kind of still feel like we're still the hunters too, because I know coach green talked about when we play teams who aren't ranked, we still got to like treat that as a big game because those are really important games as well. Like being in the unranked teams, you know, still keeping our spot. So it's like we're hunted and the hunter at the same time. So I like that mindset. So as you kind of move forward in this season, you've kind of hit a, you got a week break here. What's been the focus uh, of practice during the week you had off uh, before this Minnesota game? Yeah, uh, one of the practices we did strictly defense, like worked on slides, worked on getting stops and stuff and keeping it out of the paint. We have a drill called that, and you got to not let the practice players get in the paint. Um, And then we did a lot of offense, put in a couple new plays, and then we combined them both. So it's just all about staying focused and staying in the gym. You know, we had a week off, but it really isn't a week off. Like still getting better, still working hard. So when you walk into the gym, you find out it's an all-defense practice. The first thing we tried to do back in our day was negotiate with our coach to get a, get some offense thrown into practice. 
Did you guys try that or did you just accept your fate? Just accept the fate. <laughs> yeah. Especially just how we've been feeling about our defense lately. It just hasn't been the best defense. Like we know we can do a lot better. So we just had to let Coach Green do what she had to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adalia, you we've had so much to talk about with this great run you guys are on. The one question we have not asked you in quite a while is are you wearing your deodorant every day? I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't dare. Don't do it on game day. Don't do it on game day. Don't do it. You don't want them to guard you. That's right. Little halftime secret weapon. It's called listen. strategery. Y'all, yeah. listen, listen. We're down five, but I got this. Just, just trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're there. Sorry. I definitely think I'm going to not wear it on Sunday. <laughs> we have family too, though. You don't want to, you know. They'll be all right. They yeah. should be too, right? If anyone if anyone would love you regardless, you know it's them. So, uh, And for those who don't listen every week, it's an ongoing joke that we've had for uh, almost a year since Adalia joined us here on the Sports Spectacular. Adalia, as always, a great stuff. Good luck uh, against the Gophers on Sunday up at Williams Arena. Uh, enjoy your time back home. Get that dub, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Adalia McKenzie of the Fighting Illini women's basketball team, 24th-ranked Fighting Illini women's basketball team. Feels great to say that. And uh, thrilled for the Illini gal and all the things that uh, she and his team are doing, uh, making some noise right away in the first year under head coach Shauna Green. Hey, stay with us. Matt Stevens coming up next. He's the Illini guys football writer and analyst with the latest on the team. A week removed now from that bowl game. We'll see how things are going as they begin to work toward the spring uh, program. That's next on the Sports Spectacular. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Hello, this is Brett Bielma, the Illinois head football coach, and you're listening to Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Sports Spectacular continues. Don't forget you can follow Illini Guys on Twitter. It's Illini underscore guys. And be sure to uh, be there. You know, we do uh, tweet out the stories and things uh, that we do send out. You need to be a member to read them all, all the stories. And that's easy to do. Free seven-day trial at IlliniGuys.com. As promised before the break, Matt Stevens joins us now. He's the IlliniGuys.com football writer and analyst. Matt, 
Uh, good to see you. I know that you had a little bit of a, a bug that you brought back from Florida, but you recovered from that. Glad you're back and upright again. Good to have you with us. Uh, let's talk here about this um, Atlanta football team. A, a few days down to kind of uh, get past, um, uh, you know, the, the season, uh, the first January bowl game, as we were talking to Brian Barnhart last hour, since 2008, 15 years since uh, the season has extended this long. Um, big news this week in terms of a player that committed to Illinois and then decided to go elsewhere. Yeah, Avery Jones will be playing center next year for Auburn. Um, a, a week before he uh, was scheduled to uh, start his first classes at Illinois, he had a uh, had a had an apartment lease already set up for him here in Champaign. That will not be necessary uh, because he decided to take a secret visit to Auburn. Um, had to make it secret because they were going to offer him a lot of money um, to come and play center for Auburn and. Uh, start this rebuilding project under Hugh Freeze, and he decided I'm going to take the better offer from Auburn. And now it's kind of left Gus. I'm sorry, it's it's kind of left Brett Bielema, and and Bart Miller, and everybody on that Illinois staff kind of searching for who the starting center is going to be. And I think they've basically got to go back to the drawing board and basically say, you know, if Avery Jones had never existed before, even though Brett Bielema likes to play on Twitter that he never has. Um, if he never has existed, if he never had existed before, um, Josh Kreutz would have been the center anyway. So, um, you know, Olin Kreutz's son now has to get ready to play for Illinois probably a year earlier than they, than they expected him to. And he's probably got to get a little bit bigger than Bart Miller wants him to be right. Like his seeing him to be right now. So those are going to be the things that are going to have to happen for, for honestly, the most important, one of the more important positions offensively in the mind of Brett Bielema when, when he tries to construct an offense as center. And so they did a monumental job getting Alex Pilstrom to the level that he had got, they got him in 2022 they think that from a uh, technique standpoint, Josh Josh Kreutz is a heck of a lot more adapt at doing what they wanted to do at center. They just got to get him to a point physicality-wise where he can withstand 12 games in the Big Ten. Matt, we've, uh, we were talking last hour about uh, Malik Elzey. Um, but Malik yeah. Elzey, obviously, uh, you know, six foot three, you know, big wide receiver, speed, hands, everything out of Chicago. Uh, really a, an important recruit for the Bielema football program. You know, even if it's not for one year, two, you know, it's a three-year guy. What does it mean to get a player like that out of Chicago? Well, first of all, I think you mentioned it first, is that I think the area is what is, first of all, important, is that if if, there, if there's a guy who's the best player in the Chicagoland area, Brett Bielema's got to land him. And I think that, that they they did a really good job of doing that. Uh, Malik Elzey's story is interesting to me because I know he's been a five-star kid for a long, long time, but I saw him as a junior at Simeon and that team was terrible. They played Joliet Catholics team that had Jordan Anderson and, uh, uh, you know, Malachi Hood on it, um, as seniors. That Simeon team was terrible. He, I think he caught one pass. I mean, he was not a distinctly player where you pointed and said, Illinois has got to have that guy in a couple of years. And then his senior year and what he did in the summer camps after that junior year really set him apart and allowed him to be identified as a, as a premier talent. Now, what Malik's got to do when he gets into Illinois, and it's my understanding he's going to get into Illinois early as, as, as an early enrollee, is that he basically has to set himself apart again. He has to start from zero again, and George McDonald will demand that he start from zero and set himself apart again on the outside in order for him to get playing time. And I'm not talking about starting time. I'm talking about playing time. He starts all the way back from zero again. And um, I've said it before on our boards, Brad, and I'll say it again. Like the, the, the most impressive freshman season at wide receiver for Illinois 
since Mikey Dudek in 20, 2014 has been Ricky Smalling in 2017. He had 300 some odd yards catches. He had about 20 some odd catches and a couple of touchdowns. If Malik Elzey can replicate that his freshman year, he'll do, he'll have a monumental career at Illinois going forward. Um, I just, I, I'm not going to put too much on this young man simply because I know how George McDonald treats freshmen and true freshmen in his, in his position room. And I know that he's got a long way to go to, to understand all the intricacies of what Barry Lunny wants his off, wants his wide receivers to do in every which way, and not only including catching passes that, that are going to make him a difference maker at Illinois, but I think he can have a impact as a, as a freshman. I just don't know if it's going to be a monumental impact as, 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 as you would expect maybe a basketball player comes in as a freshman to make an impact at, at, at that kind of a level. So what tools does Elsie uh, bring to the table and uh, how do you see him, you know, you know, out on a football field using those tools for the Illini's advantage? He has the ability athletically to go up and get a pass. That's that's what we call a 50-50 ball, where the, the DB and the wide receiver both have a shot at it. He has the ability to make it more of a 70-30 out proposition toward him. Um, I saw it in, in drills that they ran as a junior again at Simeon, where he, 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 he can basically – dunk a basket. I mean, you could tell that he can dunk a basketball already. He can go up and I think he, you know, he did the Tony Gonzalez thing in drills where he would catch the pass and then dunk it through the uprights and then come back down. I mean, he has an absolutely unbelievable athletic ability. Now he has to put that all together. He has to understand the playbook. He has to understand all of those things, but physically he's probably the most gifted receiver in that room immediately when he walks into it. The problem is, is that George McDonald understands that and he's going to have to basically understand that he's also going to make the same mistakes that a lot of other freshmen make. And I think that there are some experienced guys in front of him that, that are going to get an opportunity to play before he will. But, but I think athletically he has a chance to be very, very gifted um, and, and be very, very special as an upperclassman in a few years at Illinois. Man, I got to get this in before we let you go. Sure. So Malik, e, Malik Elzey comes in again, you know, highly touted recruiters we talked about was going to go to Cincinnati, decommitted. Illinois wanted him before uh, they get him in the end as he comes back before Luke Fickle, uh, by the way, uh, left to go to Wisconsin. We should point that out. Sure. And then you bring in also Caden Fagan, uh, the running back and the, the two sports star, uh, the two way star, we should say from, uh, from Arthur that, um, um, you know, still the top player in this class. What does that say again about Bielema talking about from the very beginning of locking up the state's borders and keeping the best uh, talent in state. It's got to be two big wins for for him and and this staff. It's the thing that Brett Bielema promised that he would do the minute that he got the job in December 2020, and he's kind of tried his best to keep that promise. It's the thing that Lovey Smith didn't do. It's the thing that high school coaches in this state really – had a, a a level of uh, of distaste about what Illinois football was under Lovey Smith, but they they just didn't try to have any interest in keeping kids home. Brett Bielema has tried to reverse that and, and and basically make it so that Illinois kids have to think about at least going to Illinois. And when they start thinking about going to Illinois, like Malik Elzey, it starts to be a really fruitful proposi- proposition for them. And so I think that that's that's something that Brett Bielema has tried to flip. At Illinois, he has to do a better job of getting the high-end talent of of Illinois and in the surrounding areas. But I in, in, in this recruiting battle, like he hasn't done in 2022 and in 2023. But I think that if he continues to get these four-star level kids out of Illinois to come to Illinois, um, I think that he, that will start to happen as as time goes on. Okay, Matt Stevens of the Illini guys, uh, appreciate it as always. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Not a problem. See you guys. All right, Matt Stevens, he's the Illini Guys football writer and analyst. And again, great work as always 
on IlliniGuys.com. And uh, again, glad that he is uh, back up and uh, football maybe uh, on the shelf for the moment, but Matt staying very busy with the uh, men's and women's basketball and writing some great content for the website, IlliniGuys.com. Stay with us much more coming up. We're going to talk a little more basketball uh, just on the way. Illinois, the, uh, the men's team, Brad Underwood, talking about his team and uh, their play of late. That's next here on the Sports Spectacular along the Illini Guys radio network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. We were talking earlier about uh, Illinois' big road win on Tuesday night out in Lincoln, Nebraska, 76-50 to over the Cornhuskers. That, again, kind of got everyone feeling that, you know, this team maybe you know, on the way back, um, you know, back-to-back performances. Taryn Shannon, we talked about, has just been outstanding overall, 25 points and 11 rebounds in this one. But leader coach Brad Underwood talking about his team team's performance overall. Let's listen in. Most of you guys know I don't like to play guys with two. Uh, we had to do that a little bit. But Ty gives us that guy who can guard any position. And, uh, uh, and then he had half our offensive rebounds. So I thought he was tremendous. Uh, Dane Deja on the defensive side. Uh, with his blocks. I think we had seven blocks tonight. Um, he's he's proven to be become very, very good at that end of the court. And uh, I thought he was did a great job. Obviously, Derek is one of the outstanding players in this conference and, and has been around for a long time. And, uh, and then on the offensive side, I thought we just moved the ball. 14 assists, good total. Uh, you know, we were patient. Uh, we took what was there. Um, didn't force anything, and then, you know, TJ's playing truly like one of the best players in our league. And and uh, uh, but it was it was fun to see Maggie going in the second half. It was great to see, um, you know, Jaden. Uh, he's kind of settling in. So it's um, uh, all in all. Didn't expect this coming in, but uh, sure was very pleased with our defensive effort. Yeah, it is us. And it's, it's always been about us. It's never about the individual. It's about us. And that's, that's our everyday guy's mantra. Uh, it's about the, the, the fight for us and, and the fight for, you know, we have a saying, toughness together. And, and, you know, I thought tonight, you know, we were the benefactor of loose balls, block shots. Uh, we got on the floor. Um, and uh, that's, that's, that's who we are. That's who Illinois has been. And um, us is a pretty good thing. Yeah, it became a little easier once we inserted Dane in the starting lineup. And, and it, the role became a little defined that he was going to, he could fill in anywhere from Matt Coleman or Dane. And uh, um, he, we, we, we did that. We quit trying to play him as much on the ball. He's still a very good playmaker. Uh, but um, you know, we kind of settled into that. And that, that's helped him a bunch. Now on the defensive side, you know what we do is 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 other than you know post defense, it's it's pretty much the same. God, you just want to be a glutton for punishment, and bring up all the all the really good things. Yeah. Practice, you know, and and again, I, I'm I'm going to say this, uh, you know, you we weren't right. We weren't right. I mean, we, we, we weren't about us, you know, as we put it. Uh, you you got to fight for that, and, and I do that. I'm, I'm competitive that way because us wins. 
individuals don't. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I've said it many times, I love this team. I like this team as much as any team we've coached and, and as people, not just basketball, as people, unbelievable human beings in that locker room. Fun to be around. There's no downers. There's no, you know, it's just an energy group. So, yeah, anything's possible. And, again, it's a long season. We said from day one with nine new guys that we were going to be a lot of ups and downs. Aaron, you were just downhill Yeah, he's playing like one of the best players in the country, not just in our league but in the country. And, you know, that's the thing that Terrence – is Terrence wants to be coached. He wants to be coached hard. He wants to be pushed. He wants things demanded of him and expectations put on him. Um, you know, it, and it's, um, I mean, 25 and 11. I mean, come on, it's a pretty good night, you know, and at any level. And, and he's just, he's rising to that challenge. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's not just good for us, but it's, it's fun to see guys maximize their their talent level and he's he's starting to do that i gotta believe i gotta agree with brad there terrence shannon has been great um the last two games i mean just dominant he's uh i I don't know what more you can say about it he is one of the best players in the country is one of the uh as he's playing right now and he's had some ups and downs moments that weren't great in earlier games but overall this guy's been a great addition for illinois in the transfer portal and now you can see him start to become more of a leader as well, which is really a transition for him because that's not his personality. You know, the other thing that's interesting is 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 you know as he as he's out there and you watch him with more interplay and talking with his teammates and and it, it's like a rounding out. And I wonder, you know, are the coaches helping him with that leadership component as well? Because not only is he playing better, but he's kind of becoming the maybe not the number one you know leader because I think it's still developing but he's certainly becoming a guy that the other players look to when they need reassurance well and I think this team you have to have an alpha I mean you you know you've had Kofi you've had Io you need that one player not that he has to be the lean scorer or whatever but you have to have that guy you go to to even if if teams are shutting him down he makes the right play to get somebody else open um, you've got the type of player in in Meyer, but I'm not sure if he's that guy to me. And Terrence Shannon is a perfect fit for that. And when you get the other players kind of working around him, um, you know, Coleman is an outstanding player, not a vocal guy in terms of being a leader, in terms of being that alpha dog. Um, but if you can get Terrence doing his thing, Coleman doing his thing, the, the two point guards, this can be a lot of fun. I'm just going to throw it out there. We haven't talked about it yet. Is this team better, Brad's dirty, because Sky Clark is no longer on the roster? Well, I mean, if you just look at results, you would say, yes, that's the narrative. But I, I would say that it's probably a lot more um, – it's a lot more about everybody kind of round, circling the wagons and deciding this is my role and fitting well together better. I do think that perhaps the expectations for Sky were so high that, that it made it difficult for him to live up to those, and it caused a lot of pressure and tensions uh, on the squad. And, and now guys know they're going to play. There's eight guys healthy. There's eight guys basically healthy that play, and they got to go out there and they got a job and they know their role, and, and it really just fits better together. So I don't know if it's necessarily maybe it's a, a result of the Sky. I don't think it's on Sky Clark. It's more of a result of that Sky Clark isn't there anymore. Um, everybody has a different role. Yeah, and I think sometimes a team is forced to 
uh, kind of reboot. And sometimes that happens during a season when there's a serious injury. Um, player leaves the team, et cetera. But it gives the coaches a chance to redefine everybody's role and make sure they understand what they're supposed to be doing. And I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit. And I think the other thing is, 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 you know, again, that infectious, when you start playing good defense and you start, you know, one guy starts hitting the open shots. Now you're seeing other guys do it. And I think this team is going to be a team that really reacts to their own confidence. And I also thought that the reassurance that they got from the bench from coach Underwood was important as well. When, when things got a little rough with some bad shooting, et cetera, in the first half. Yeah, I've got about 30 seconds left. Sturdy, is it a calmer, gentler Brad Underwood ever since the Northwestern game? Is that fair? Yeah, he has been. I think it's been good because because uh, uh, I think it was Jeff Alexander and uh, uh, Joey Biggs had to hold him back once against Wisconsin. But generally speaking, he's much more calm. I think it just fits these guys a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Don't tell him I said that. He'll beat me up. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk Big Ten basketball and maybe the biggest disappointment so far. They're going to try to right the ship on Saturday. This is the Sports Spectacular. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call US Med now to learn more. That's 800-390-5160. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. As we continue here, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, looking around the Big Ten. And um, you know, Indiana began this season as the as the preseason favorite to win it all. Under second-year head coach Mike Woodson, um, boy, things have fallen apart since then. Guys, look, everyone has struggled at some point here, but Indiana going into its home game against Wisconsin, um, just one and four of the season after that loss a couple nights ago, um, they've really struggled. Yeah, we've talked about it before on the Sports Spectacular. Our concern was they don't shoot the ball well enough, and it's really come to fruition throughout the season that they haven't shot the ball as well. And now they've decided that they're not going to defend so when you don't defend and you don't shoot well, it's a bad combination. So, you know, and, and I think it's disappointing. You know, I had some injuries, obviously, you know, with uh, Xavier Johnson, Race Thompson, uh, you know, the Trace Jackson Davis has battled the back. So they haven't been healthy. But at the same time, when your expectations are to win the league and you're a top 10, you're considered a top 10 team preseason and you're one and four in the Big Ten, that's not ideal. Yeah. And, and look, those injuries, unfortunately, are going to happen to teams you know, um, and and you have to respond to it. And typically, uh, this team was known as being a tough defensive team who couldn't shoot. You don't want to be known as a team that can't shoot, who doesn't play defense. And right now, they're on that, they're on that pace 
doesn't mean that the, the, the coach can't change things around, but there's a frustration in Bloomington that while it isn't as serious as what's going on in other areas like Lexington, Kentucky, um, it certainly seems like the fans are getting a little restless. Well, and, and for Indiana, and I'm, well, I'm not trying to, you know, beat a, a man while he's down, but I mean, we're talking 1987 since the last time um, you hung one of those banners. I mean, it's now 36 years. I mean, it's almost as long as the last time Kentucky was one and three in the sec. I think that was around the same time. So um, it's, 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 it's tough right now with Indiana and um, you know, a lot of question marks. And the thing is, again, they still haven't played uh, Illinois. That's coming up. They haven't played Purdue yet. Uh, I don't think they played Michigan yet. So a lot of question marks um, uh, right there. How about Michigan making a comeback? You know, they really struggled going into uh, the turn of the calendar. Um, it just had lost to Kentucky um, lost to Eastern or central Michigan. Um, but they've rebounded and, and, going into the weekend, sitting in, um, you know, the upper half of the, of the conference. Yeah. You know, you know, they didn't, they haven't been, you know, I I don't know, I guess that, you know, they've had their schedule has been conducive to getting a good start, but they looked really good um, in some of their games, you know, with the, um, some of their wins and it's very been impressive at times, but at the same time now, you know, with the win over Penn state and so forth home, now they've got a, a, a tough schedule here against some of the teams that maybe, um, you know, are, are contenders too. So when they, you know, they lost at Michigan State um, and, and so forth. Now they got a couple of roadies, you know, home game against Purdue coming up this month, games at Penn State, Maryland, et cetera. We'll see what they can do. But there's no question that the expectations for Michigan were high as well coming in. Yeah, it's it's been a kind of a mystery year. It got started off with a lot of weird statements off the court by Hunter Dickinson. Which I don't know that that had any effect on the wins and losses. It was just weird. Okay. Um, you know, point guard Llewellyn goes down. And, um, you know, really, Jet Howard has played fantastic, kind of helped dad and, and, and who knows what it would be without him there. But this Big Ten is just, it, it, you know, it's got to be no fun for a coach because literally, other than Minnesota, if you play bad, you can lose that night. It, it doesn't really matter who you play. And that puts a lot of pressure on consistency that um, maybe past teams didn't have to have. And certainly Michigan doesn't have it right now. Yeah. Michigan uh, going into the weekend, um, um, you know, again, one of the, one of the top three or four teams in the conference. Now here's a question for you. Uh, on your Big Ten bingo card, did you have Rutgers and Northwestern playing in Evanston the second week of the 2023 calendar year um, and, and both coming out of that game with only two losses? I mean, Rutgers at four and two after going into Evanston and beating Northwestern and the Wildcats uh, scrappy throughout. They've had a couple of big wins already against uh, Michigan State and Illinois. Uh, they come out uh, right now three and two. And if you know, at the moment, if you were to pick 68 teams, they'd be in the field. Yeah, there's no question. I think um, it's been it's a shock. Rutgers doesn't surprise me. No. I thought Rutgers would compete. Northwestern, I thought, you know, I'll go into the season. I thought Minnesota was really bad. I thought Northwestern was right below, right above them at 12th, 13th in the league. And, and, and I guess there's still a possibility that they could end up, you know, I thought maybe Nebraska, Northwestern, et cetera. But they've been good. And they guard. They defend really well. They have two senior old guards in Boo Booey and Chase Adige. Um, they lost some guys. But, again, they have no depth. 
but they just play the guys they have. And they, if it's six, seven guys is all they play, that's all they play. And you just figure it out. It's, it's, um, you know, Chris Collins done a fantastic job with this group. There's no question. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really a, a strange year this year. And even now, you know, um, at one point there were multiple big 10 teams in the top 25 and basically we're down to a, you know, a couple and, and we know that, you know, again, there'll be a little popping up and down, but this, this conference is, is just brutal. And the guy that I think is hilarious is how, when you play Rutgers, Mulcahy is just a pain in the butt. The guy just does stuff that helps his team win and he has great timing. So he's going to be one of those players that the rest of the conference, the fans just don't like, but that's a great place to be. Rutgers four and two going into the weekend. They will host Ohio state coming up on Sunday, then at Michigan state. Uh, but again, with the four wins uh, heading into the weekend, uh, you know, that, that you know, matching Purdue and, um, and again, they're the only team to beat Purdue and they did so in West Lafayette. So how about that? And of course, again, uh, they're, you know, back home, one of the toughest places to play. They only play Purdue once. That's, um, you know, on the downside, Purdue doesn't get a chance to come back and try to get revenge in, uh, in Piscataway. That's not going to happen, but you look at their schedule, uh, they, you know, they, they only have uh, only play Illinois once. Um, looks like they will only play Michigan once. And so I guess a little bit of a break there. They did um, with Indiana, uh, beat them earlier in the first game way back in December 3rd. They will have to travel to Indiana next month. So, uh, again, in <laughs> the Big Ten Conference, it is early, and it is any literally anybody's game, as, uh, as we know. Back with more after this. Stay with us. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022 and right now you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day plus get free professional installation from a licensed technician protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day call right now for your free home security consultation 800-613-8053-800-613-8053 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Not sure if you guys caught it, uh, Mike and Brad, but uh, USA Today, every year they do their uh, the whole accounting process of the college football coaches and the bonuses they make those at public schools because the records are are public private schools don't have to release that kind of information uh jim harbaugh two million dollars uh, on top of all the money he made this this is just postseason bonuses that was outstanding it's huge yeah 
Good for him. You know, I mean, great for him. And and all of that got them a playoff, semifinal playoff loft to DCU. So <laughs> keep getting those bonuses. No, I, you know, didn't Harbaugh take it? He took a pay cut a couple years ago, right? Because it was like, oh, we're not doing well. And then he makes the college football playoff two years in a row. So I guess he's back in their good graces for now. And maybe next year he'll get an NFL playoff bonus. Who knows? Yeah, that's hard. It's hard to tell, isn't it? I'm not going to, you know, the I'm not going to stay is usually a declaration of, uh, uh-oh, better be worried. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart is putting together um, much less dramatically than than Nick Saban would, but he's slowly putting together a uh, little bit of a dynasty there in Georgia, and his recruiting efforts um, at $1.35 million almost sounds like he's not getting enough based on the two years he's put together in a 15-0 and season. So – Maybe, maybe that you know, maybe they're bad, maybe they're good. I don't know. Yeah, little side notes. Remember that Harbaugh also last year also got two million in bonuses, but redirected one point five million of that to uh, staffers within the Michigan Athletics Department. Um, they had taken uh, some pay cuts related to the pandemic, and so he kind of made them whole, which was really cool. I mean, that's that's a class thing to do. You don't have to do that, uh, but he did. And then Smart, you know, like I said, $1.35 million, kind of getting a little bit of a bargain. Of course, he did get that fat uh, contract, uh, making over eight figures a year. That was number one until a few weeks later, Alabama gave Saban a raise so that he would <laughs> get more than that. Some other numbers, uh, Kyle Whittingham out in Utah, $650,000. That spins well uh, in Salt Lake City. Brian Kelly uh, at LSU, the new coach, 575 grand. Double Swinney, I, I thought, um, I guess, again, they didn't make the college football playoffs, so only $400,000 um, for Swinney. And then same with Saban, who didn't make the CFP Alabama. He gets only 200000 only. Uh, but we've not. Guys. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, it's rough. rough. Rough life. He's got to find a way to make to make do. <laughs> By the way, how about Saban when they were talking about Kirby Smart becoming like the and Georgia becoming the power in the SEC while Saban was on set? And he's just looking at those guys like, I could kill you right now. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it's like, I don't know that I want to play Alabama next year now. I mean, they, they, we got an angry Saban. I don't know if that's good or not. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to do any AFLAC commercials with uh, Dion in the, um, the offseason because Dion's getting, he's getting big for his britches too. So you got to keep. Yep. <laughs> Um, hey, NFL draft coming up. We're talking about Alabama and, and Bryce Young. Um, do you guys take him as the, the the first quarterback in this draft? Yeah, I think you have to. You know, and, and I know he's not not the biggest guy. He doesn't have the prototypical size, but Bryce Young's just a player, man. He is so good. And and I, you know, obviously their their problem this year wasn't on the offensive side of the ball when those games with those games they lost. I mean, one of them was like 52 to 49 or something crazy like that. So I think it was their, uh, their issue was on the defensive side of the ball. But I think Bryce Young's, uh, you know, I, I think he was the best quarterback in college football this year. Um, and I thought he was great. I'd take him first, um, except yeah. the Bears will not because, well, they already have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I would actually go Stroud. I like the a little bit bigger size. I also like his ability to make some throws that, are pretty hard to make. Um, but again, I think it, it's interesting how literally it's a, it's a 50, 50 roll of the dice. Even when you pick these guys in the first round to be uh, quarterbacks, it's a, uh, you know, you can see where the GMs get gray hairs pretty quick. <laughs> and what movements will, will be made. I mean, you know, the, if you, you know, will somebody want 
young so badly, they're willing to trade the Bears and give them a bevy of picks and uh, get them some picks that they can then squander. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you just don't know the other, you know, machinations between now and April. So, so yeah, yeah. Well, there it is. Hey, you know what? Time she's a ticking, and the <laughs> sands in the hourglass are about to run out on us. As always, it's been a great two hours. Appreciate you guys joining us for this. For Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. Enjoy the games. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you right back here, same time, same station. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.